0: Are we on? Oh, praise God. Praise God. Good morning. Good morning. What an awesome day to be here in the Lord. Lauren, RJ, it's so awesome to see you this morning. I couldn't yes. see all the people, but when you started jumping vertical like my husband, I, <laughs> I was like, who is that? I'm like, that's RJ. So very pleasant surprise to see you this morning. On that note, I just want to say the flowers up here is not because I'm preaching. So as much as I love flowers, they're not because I'm preaching. Um, RJ's grandmother um, passed away, um, Debbie and Ron Hoyansky. I don't think that they're here this morning. Oh, there they are. They're in different seats. And um, this is uh, a gift from them. So we wanted to bring these. These are absolutely beautiful. I forgot. Oh, you're not on. Here we go. Three, two, one. one there we go. Welcome to the very first time to Mr. Oh, and Mrs. Yes. RJ and Laura Hwansky. <laughs> Woo! Yes, yes. They are the reason why we went to Cartagena. It's the reason why I got to go out of the country for the first time, and I now officially have stamps on my, visa, my passport. So it's my second passport. I got absolutely no stamps on it the first time um, because I didn't go anywhere. Um And, um, but I got to go and it was such a blessing. It was, it was hot. It was really, really hot, but it was so amazing and it was so beautiful and, um, welcome. It's so great. But as I was saying, these flowers are here, um, because of the, the passing, but thank you, Debbie. Um, they brought joy this morning and it just made it feel even special that I'm up here preaching with a beautiful arrangement of flowers this morning. So as Pastor Matt kind of said, I am going to be preaching on joy this morning, and some of you might be surprised at that, but we'll get into a little bit of that later. But I wanted to, um, I don't come up very often, but I know Pastor Matt has been sharing with you about our um, about our, our red-tailed hawks that we had, that we got chickens this year, and and so kind of throughout the summer, you guys have been hearing different things about um, our red-tailed hawks. And um, I thought it was funny because, like I was like, he's told you six o'clock in the morning, these things start squawking. I am not going to try to squawk because I can't squawk like my husband, and uh, no pun intended. And um, <laughs> so I'm not going to try. We're going to leave that to him. And I thought, you know what, we're going to Cartagena. <laughs> And I am not going to get woken up at 6 o'clock in the morning because of Hawks. Honestly, that thought went through my head before we were leaving. And wouldn't you know, (laughs) they followed us there. (laughs) I think it was like the third morning in. All of a sudden, I hear this god-awful noise. And I'm like, why do I know that noise? Well, in Cartagena, all of these places have courtyards. And there's beautiful palm trees. and, And some of them have them right inside the houses. It rains inside the house. I'm like, I want that here. I'm not sure about the snow here, but I said, Matt, you got to figure that out. Um, but sure enough, I hear this. It sounds like they're killing something. I, I look out. I, get, I go up on the roof, which is four stories up. I look out, and lo and behold, in the palm tree is this nest of hawks. And, I, and Matt goes, honey, they're not the same ones. And I'm like, are you sure? They followed us here to Cartagena. So we did not escape our hawks every morning. They were there. don't think they were red-tailed hawks, but they were hawks. And every morning at 6 o'clock, they woke us up. And, and I just kind of was like, I really do truly believe that God has a sense of humor. He created all of us. He created me. And um, I think that I'm kind of funny at moments. And, um, <laughs> but I was like, really, God? You know, like, what's with the hawks? There's got to be a meaning of the hawks. So we come home. We get home at midnight, 1230, Thursday night, Friday morning. We get up around, I don't know. Whatever time the hawks woke us up. And we go and sit down outside on our patio to have coffee. And there's this nice cool breeze, which we hadn't felt in 11 days, 10 days. And sure enough, all of a sudden, is it up there? We have a greenhouse that lines the back. Our yard is tiny. And the hawks had been way in the back. And I thought it was still safe for us to let. We have two little dogs. My daughter's dog is like three pounds, a little tiny poodle. And all of a sudden, we look up, and there is this hawk sitting right in the corner of our property. And then here's, a, here's an up-close one. It has never been this close. But literally, I looked around. I was like, Misty, please be in the house. And... It was so majestic to see this thing up close. And then literally, I don't have a video because I was still in awe of just staring at it, the hawk literally flies straight towards Matt and I, towards the house. Now, in the the picture before it, you can see there's kind of like this, we actually have a swing that's there, Um, but it flies directly towards us and then like its wings and kind of makes this arc to go around um, the house. And it was beautiful. And honestly, it's so funny. I don't think that I've heard the hawks really since that day. We haven't heard it. It was almost like this farewell. And um, my daughter, we were. I just kept saying, like, God, I, I know there's got to be something in this. And so Angelia looked it up because she's our, like, you know, internet research guru. If you need anything found, she can find it. Um, sorry to throw you under the bus like that. but. And she said, hawks are a sign of wisdom. And I I just kind of chuckled, and I said, God, that has been a prayer of mine since I got saved. Um, As you know, I had kids really, really young. I was newly saved at the time. I didn't really know anything. And my biggest prayer, like Solomon, was, Lord, give me wisdom beyond my years. I need wisdom, Um, and not the wisdom of this world. I needed his wisdom. So I'm just hoping the hawk didn't take it with him. Um, (laughs) But we haven't seen him since. So that is uh, maybe the conclusion of our, our, um, our hawk story, and um, our chickens are a little bit calmer now, not having this thing gawk over them. But anyway, like I was saying, I'm, su- I'm sure you guys thought joy, Pastor Matt is going to preach on joy today, because he is nicknamed, what, the joy pastor, and he's had that, am I moving somehow, like, doing that, am I doing that wrong, might be on wrong? Um, yeah, I move a lot, sorry, the Italian comes out in me, and, uh, but when the list went out earlier this year, and it was on the fruits of the spirit, I felt like the Lord was like, you're going to preach on that, and I was like, no, (laughs) like, I'm married to the joy pastor, he should preach on joy, and he's like, no, you're going (laughs) to preach on joy, and um, I'll share with something a little bit later that kind of this relationship I have with the Lord. And um, and uh, the Lord was like, just kind of like, no, you're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to do this. And um, I have studied joy. Joy has been something that has been, over the last 10 years, something that I've studied. And um, I have gone through my Bible and highlighted every scripture that I come across that has anything to do with joy. It is something that I have... Um, positioned my heart to have in my life. And that's what I'm hoping to be able to share with you yeah. this morning. Um, and when I was asking the Lord, what exactly do you want? I'm like, I got lots of scriptures, you know, and my husband has lots of scriptures and he always gets scriptures. And the Lord said, no, I just want you to be you and I want you to give your testimony, um, which we then kind of had a conversation back and forth because I was like, I don't want to give my testimony. And he said, yes, you do. And you need to do it. So even as I am up here today, I am receiving and I'm learning joy. And Psalm 119 says, as pressure and stress bear down on you, bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. So even now, as the pressure and stress bears down on me, I'm receiving joy. So I will be obedient to what God says. And John 15 um, 9 through 11 says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be, what? Filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Joy is found in following the Lord's commands. It's found in the obeying. That almost doesn't even seem correct because we think of the Ten Commandments and stuff and we're like, that's joy? It just seems like a lot of lists and rules. But there's joy in following those. Yeah. There's safety and security in his commands. Yeah. And after 30 years of walking with the Lord, I'm finally catching on. I think I'm finally catching on. Just obey. Bill Johnson says this all the time. When you hear the Lord, obey quickly obey quickly it's interesting that Jesus in the next verse is talking about laying down one's life for his friends and I I remember just thinking about that like wow do I perceive that as joy laying down one's life for my friends so today I'm hoping to share um, just a little bit I'm going to stand up here and just be vulnerable with you 30 years ago if you're a first-time guest or you haven't received the Lord, I was you coming into this church, actually, and hearing about Jesus for the first time, and I'm no different than any person standing in here. Yes, my husband may be a pastor, um, and you may call me pastor, but I am no different than you. I have to read my word like you. I have to seek God like you, and just like I can hear the Holy Spirit Every single person in here can hear the Holy Spirit for themselves. Yeah. And so as I share this, and I be very, I'm going to try and be very transparent with you, um, and I'm going to share some actually very um, intimate things about me. I know that God has me up here for a reason. And so I'm hoping and I'm believing that breakthrough will also come in your life. yes I can you know if we're walking with the Lord and learning from the Holy Spirit he's never finished Um, joy is a process and until we take our last breath like Mary Lou we're going to continue to be in that process and (laughs) I've realized that God isn't so concerned with how long the journey takes I'm 30 years, and I just thought, you know, I thought I'd be a little bit further along than this. But he cares that he's with us while we're on it. Come on. Come on. He wants to be with us. He doesn't care how long the journey takes. He doesn't care if we take the rocky path or the smooth path. Maybe he prefers some things. But he, he cares that he's with us and that we finish well. He is a very patient God. I have found over the last three. he is very patient. He has been very patient with me. Joy is a process that begins when we give our lives to the Lord, but we need to position our hearts and pursue joy to really obtain it. In our house, we have, um, as you know, my husband is the joy pastor, we have joy signs, not as many as Mocha Blend has coffee signs, but we have joy signs, and they say, Choose joy, have joy, find joy. We have a six-foot Christmas thing that has joy on it. Um, And so we need to remind ourselves about joy. We need to remind ourselves. I think it was 2020, Matt and I, for the first time in our married life around Christmas time, we always buy ornaments for what's going on that year. And that year, the two of us bought each other the same exact ornament. (laughs) Same exact ornament. It's a peanut house, and it says joy on it. (laughs) Joy. We also had lots of coffee in 2020. So just saying, I don't know if the two go hand in hand, but, you know. So we have to desire to have joy. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background before I move into um, my testimony. And um, it is a prophecy that I got in 2010 from Pastor Charlie Sweet. And I'm going to not read all of it because it's quite long, but I want to just give you a little bit of insight um, into, I, you need to kind of know this as I move into um, my testimony. And so um, on this particular day, I was on the worship team. The platform was a lot higher. Um, I was one of the background vocals. And Charlie came, Pastor Charlie came up and he said this, God has brought you through what I see is door after door. Something you have been, some of these things you have been happy with the Lord on, and some things you have challenged the Lord on. And some doors you just closed. But God has been showing me that your spirit has been maturing, and now I'm taking you to a place where I'm breaking off all of these things. He is making you soft and pliable and like a sponge. God is completely changing who I know and softening, softening, softening. I see he has used a sledgehammer at times to get your attention. But I'm telling you, there is a sweet spirit that is just being shaped by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling... Oh, hold on a minute. I have seen God take people through change... But God is taking you through a drastic change. And He is doing this for a reason. He is so much more for you. It's a new day, a new hour. This is what I call a work in progress. And you know what? It's not easy when God puts you through some of these things. But this is a woman of passion and a woman who knows where her strength comes from. She sets her minds on something and it will happen. And God is performing that in you. I felt when I was praying over you, this is Charlie saying, I heard a voice. I heard your voice that said, well, I thought God made me this way and I guess I'm just going to be like that. Well, guess what? God is changing the recipe. So sometimes we need to go back in the oven for a while. Actually, it's a good place to be. But you're going to come out a remade woman, a woman of passion. Not that you're not, but God is going to take everything up to the next level. Wow, I can't even tell you what I'm seeing because I don't want to scare you. I want you to get baked first. I love God's oven. Its timing is always perfect. You won't be undercooked or overcooked. And before he walked off the platform, he started to walk off the platform, he stopped and he turned around and he said these words, You thought God was going to leave you like that. And I remember I lost it. To this day, when I hear those words, it it makes me teary-eyed. It had been such a prayer in my heart. I knew that there were attributes, there were characteristics, there were things that were on me, that were holding me back. I wasn't free, even though I was saved. I was still in captivity, and I wanted a change. I desired a change. What I didn't know was what that was going to look like. And maybe like some of you, you've gotten prophecies. You kind of forget the prophecies. And I had forgotten this prophecy. So in 2012, two years later, i and God knew I was going to do this, one morning in my prayer chair, I prayed a very simple prayer. Lord, they call my husband the joy pastor. And I feel like Eeyore sitting next to him. I want to have joy, not happiness that is based on what happens but true joy that comes from heaven, that comes from you, that never goes away. Help me to experience your joy. Amen. That day, driving my son to register for college, I got my first speeding ticket. Going up that hill to Hoosick. I was in my daughter's car because our car had, the engine had seized. And, uh, her car barely could even run. I don't even know how I got a speeding ticket, but I got a speeding ticket in a car that could barely make, it was like <laughs> going up the hill, but somehow I got a thing. So I pull into this, there's like I I don't know, an apartment or whatever. Jamie's sitting next to me. You know, let me tell you, you, do something wrong and have your kids watch you. And, uh, so I just started laughing and, um. I was like, you got to be kidding. I can't believe I have, I'm getting a speeding ticket. And um, so the cop comes over and gives me the ticket, blah, blah, blah. Somehow I was going, I don't know, it, obscene, it was, um, it was, I was going fast. He caught me going over that bridge there. There's like a little speed trap, so be careful if you're heading to Hudson Valley. And um, so I just kind of started to laugh, and I thought about the prayer that morning. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. This is like patience. Don't pray for it. Because you only get patience one way. That's right. That's true. How? By having things try your patience. So I thought, okay. So I just kind of like laughed it off, and I was like, oh, and I had joy during it. That's great. And I thought, that was it. I got joy. Okay. I laughed through my speeding ticket. This is awesome. I quickly forgot about the whole prayer. I, I forgot about it. And, I mean, how many times do we pray stuff sometimes in the morning or whatever, and we just forget about the, these prayers? And I, my life was busy. So just to give you a little insight about what was going on in 2012, my husband went to Israel. Um, I was supposed to go and get that stamp, my passport, and I chickened out. So he went to Israel without me. Um, While he was gone, our dog drowned in our pool cover, my little tiny poodle. Um, Yeah. Early in that year, actually the end of 2011, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I was told that the genetic gene that she had that I had also... Um, my grandmother was coming through uh, surgery after colon cancer. My twins were uh, graduating that year, so I was in the. They, they, we homeschooled, so we had to help plan and you know schedule and do all that kind of stuff for graduation and dinners and all that kind of stuff. Plan their graduation party. I also, Matt and I, we ran our own nursery, so you know it's busy from. February through till Christmas Eve. We are sometimes 60 and 80 hours a week. So a little bit busy. You know, on top of that, I was on the worship team. I had a house to run. Come on, can anybody relate like life? You know, and I still had to get up, brush my hair, go to the dentist, go to you know, just life. And you forget what you what you um what you pray. But God did not forget. He doesn't forget those simple little prayers. It was simple, but it was sincere to me, and he knew that I wanted it. What took place over that next year was probably the toughest trial of my life. And because of this prophecy, my husband and I, we nicknamed it my year in the oven. You see, to receive joy, we have to get rid of some of our own stuff. Because joy comes from who? Jesus. So we have to get rid of our stuff so that we can make room for him to come in and be with us and make a home in us. And when we give our lives to him, we're kind of telling him, you can come in and start cleaning house. And we can do it joyfully, like you heard. There were times I was happy what God was doing, but then there were times I closed the door on what God wanted to do in my life. Sometimes that process is very quick. For my husband, joy came immediately when he gave his life to the Lord. Me, I've told you, I process slow. Especially because I was trying to do it in my own strength, I was trying to be good in my own strength. I was trying to break off those things that were still holding me captive on my own. If I can just be good enough, if I can just stand in the temptation strong enough, if I can just withhold, if I, if I just read a little bit more, if I just whatever, I can do it. But I wasn't allowing God to come in and have his way. It's a removing and cleaning out of our hearts. It allows Jesus free reign with every area. Every area. How many of us have like little tiny rooms and we're like, God, you can have, you know, just, you can have most of this. You can have the living room, the kitchen. But I got this little corner in my bedroom and I think I'm going to just, I'd like to keep that. He wants it all. And I was holding on to a lot of stuff. Offences hurts, control, fear. more than I even had thought. but I desired that breakthrough, and God knew it, and He knew I wanted freedom. The weight of doing it and making the weight of doing it on my own was making me miserable. I was tired. I was becoming harsh, and I was becoming sick. I became desperate. I had gotten to a place that year where my depression was so bad. We would go to Disney with our kids every year. I think we went like 18 times. And I remember standing on Main Street in Disney, the happiest place on earth, right? And I was crying. I was crying. The depression was so bad. At one point, I had actually told Matt that he and the kids were better off if I had left them. I thought about packing my bags. I had battled with suicide as a teenager, and it was like this wave of that came flooding back into my life. I had also, by... I think August of that year, started to develop pain in my arms. Eventually, I would lose the use of both of my arms. I had them both in slings at one point. My kids had to do... I couldn't even care for myself, which drove my independent self crazy. Drove me crazy. My kids had to go grocery shopping with me. They had to sign my name because I actually couldn't hold a pen. I couldn't pick an empty plastic cup off of the table. I want to just state one thing. God did not make me sick. God did not make me sick. All of the stuff that I was holding on to made me sick. It says, unforgiveness rots the bones. God did not make me sick. But he would use that time to get me to a place to realize it's okay that I needed help that I couldn't do it myself, and to relinquish control to him so I could find joy. During that year, through God's mercy, he put amazing godly people in my life who came at just the right time. I couldn't have ordained all of that myself. He had them come at just the right time. I remember somebody, a friend of ours, for the first time, I had, um, she came and she showed up at my door with dinner, and I just stood there and wept. Nobody had ever made me dinner before, and I just wept from her kindness. That same woman would actually um, let me, uh, told me about a video series that helped with um, what I was going through. I had books Um, that people just happened to talk about. Um, My husband brought books. During all of this time, my husband was so supportive. And even though he didn't understand what was going on, he just continued to encourage me and to say, you're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. Worship music. (sighs) My daughter... (laughs) So that year, my daughter graduated, Angelia graduated, and then she was going to be leaving in July to go on this six-month internship. Maybe it was June, June. And she wouldn't be able to come home. And during this period of time, my daughter would sit down at the Keys and just play by the Spirit. And no matter where I was in the house, peace would just come. I remember just collapsing on the staircase even if I was feeling depressed all of a sudden I would th- just weight would be lifted and I'd have these moments and I remember reading in the word that David played for Saul and Pastor Matt goes to me Are you telling me that you are have a tormenting spirit and I said I think so Something is not right but she was my David there was such a piece that would come over me, and now she was leaving. So even that thing that I used to help me through that was now she was going to be leaving. It was okay. Ariana, actually, who didn't really care to play the piano, decided at that point she was going to start playing the piano. She didn't even realize it, but she did. She would come down. She played very differently than Angelia, but still blessed, still blessed. Everything that was brought to me pointed to him. It pointed to him because he was the only one who was going to be able to really take this thing off of me. I remember telling Matt I felt like I was battling for my physical, mental, and spiritual life. I really wasn't sure if I was going to lose my salvation. There were times where I really just, I wanted to be free from this earth And with the suicide thoughts, it was a battle. It was a battle. But I had enough in me. I was saved 20 years. And you're thinking, wow, you were saved 20 years and you're still going through this? Yeah. Yeah. So if you've been saved for a while and you're still dealing with stuff, it's okay. God is with us, and he doesn't give up. He wants you free more than you want to be free, and he doesn't care how long it takes. I had enough of the word in me that I knew not to pay attention to what I was feeling. It didn't matter that I felt like taking my life. It didn't matter that I felt like leaving. I knew enough to stand on the word And not be moved by what I was feeling. I knew enough not to give in to the thoughts that were going through my mind. Mm -hmm. I was going to stand on the word. Yes, this was the valley of weeping. But if you read that, there is a promise in the valley of weeping. Of refreshing springs and autumn rains that would clothe me with blessing. But I love the verse before that. That's Psalm 84.6. But 84.5 is what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds, hearts on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. The Passion Translation says this. How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord? Within their hearts they are. Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find pleasant pools where others find only pain. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled from the rain of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step. And the God of all gods will appear before them. The joy of the Lord truly became my strength because I didn't give up. Misty Edwards, at that time, there was a song, and she said, if you don't give up, you win. If you don't give up, you win. And I knew enough not to give in, not to give up, not to stop. If I just kept taking another step, I would get stronger, and I did. Psalm 84. Oh, I already read that one to you, so somehow I got stuck with my thing. I can't tell you when, I can't tell you that it was like a switch went on, and all of a sudden one morning, like everything was just great. But breakthrough came. Eventually the heaviness lifted. The world actually looked brighter. It was like somebody had taken this like veil, this dark veil off. And I remember getting this little vision of this like little kid inside an oven. And they were inside the oven, and they popped the door open, and they were peeking out. And I felt like that was me. I remember saying, Is it okay to come out? Am I done? Because, like Charlie said, and I actually had forgotten about the prophecy, and I was here one day talking with somebody who was a women's thing or whatever, and Allison Stevens, after hearing me say something, said, Do you remember that prophecy? I wondered what that was gonna look like. And I was like, What prophecy? I had to go back and find it. And like Charlie said, I wasn't underdone. I wasn't overdone. I felt like Shadrach, Mishan, and Abednego. I walked out. I didn't have any singes. I didn't smell like smoke. That's right. That's right. Amen. But I was refined. All of that stuff that God was using the sledgehammer to take off, they see, that seemed to have disappeared. And what was in its place was this unconditional joy. It didn't matter what was happening around me because chaos was still abounding. But I was in this place of joy and peace that I knew only came from him. It was like this solid thing that came and ran through me where I didn't you know, get moved from the storms or the winds it was a strength and a confidence and a security I had never felt before, and it only comes from him. So many times we think joy is a smile on our faces or laughter or like Olivia over here, which is joy, I believe, jumping up and down. I think kids get definitely more glimpses of joy than we do as humans because we kind of get bogged down with things, with words, with life, with whatever. But that's not always, that's not necessarily what joy looks like. It's not the child on Christmas morning, although sometimes it is. Joy is having trust and confidence in the Lord in every circumstance. It is a complete surrendering to what he wants to do. Hebrews 12.2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Disregarding the shame, he is seated, Jesus, in the place of honor besides God's throne. Jesus was not smiling when he carried the cross. He was not laughing when he received the lashes or when they came to arrest him. The disciples, when they were being persecuted, were not smiling and laughing it says they rejoiced in the fact that gospel was being preached that people were getting saved and the fact that the enemy had been defeated and they knew it they knew it joy is not a one and done event i wish i could say it was i wish you could say it was it is a daily decision It's a daily decision. It's something we have to keep pursuing. The devil comes to what? To kill, to rob, to destroy. Joy in our lives. Psalm 51, 12 says, Return to me the joy of your salvation, which means it can be lost. I believe that's why the word says to remind ourselves of our salvation. Remind ourselves of what Jesus did. And I try to do this every morning now. I try to remind myself who I am in Christ. I love the songs that we're saying, and my daughter had no idea. I don't even think she knew what I was preaching on today, but I swear every song was picked out for this message. Fixing our eyes, seeing ourselves seated in the heavenly realms. That is what salvation is to us. We should be so excited and joyful. Jesus, there's God. Jesus, and then Jesus says, when we give our lives to Him, we're seated with Him. We're seated with Him in the heavenly realms, right next to Him, and He's given every authority. Says the champion, He's given us authority. The same authority that he had, the same authority, the same power that raised him from the dead. I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem like a simple thing. It doesn't seem easy. It takes supernatural power, and yet it says we have that. We dwell in that. And that the enemy is defeated. The enemy is defeated. That's exciting. That's joyful. And we need to constantly remind ourselves of that authority every single day because it's great. I think maybe if we lived inside the four walls of the church and we could stay in this worship that was here this morning because breakthrough was coming, breakthrough was here, that would be awesome. A couple weeks ago, I said to Matt, I had like my first, I want to say out-of-body experience, but it wasn't out-of-body. It was the first I felt... The confines of my physical body completely lifted. And I remember walking up to Elizabeth afterwards, and she felt this thing of like breakthrough, breakthrough. There's breaking coming, there's this breakthrough. And I felt this the, the heaviness of this physical body lifted off, and what was left was my pure spirit, how God had intended me, that childlike freedom to just jump up and down like Olivia over here this morning. And I wasn't burdened with, well, that's not going to look real great if I start doing that, or words that have been spoken over to us, or limitations, physical limitations of my body. And then I remember the body coming back on and feeling this... Your mom, Debbie, is feeling that this morning. She has absolutely no, no shackles. She's not weighted by this body at all. No limitations. No pain. And we get glimpses of that. We can. We get glimpses of that. We get to. To. We can do that every day here, by fixing our eyes and. V- remembering who we are in Christ, why Jesus died on the cross, the power and authority that we walk in because the enemy does everything he can to keep us from remembering who we really are. He may not be able to take you out. My son said this the other day, and I was like, I remember the Lord saying something like that to me. He may not be able to take you out because you've been a Christian for too long, but boy, he can distract you. And if he distracts you, you're not doing anything. You're distracted by life. I got distracted by the weight and the things that are going on in my life. We need to remember. Jesus says in this life, there will, not when, will surely be trials. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He has given us the strength and faith to keep on going. It's him. That's where the joy is. It's what he said, what was the joy that awaited him, he saw what was going to happen and it helped him to endure what he had to endure. That's the same thing for us. Before I, I want to end on my husband's favorite, Pastor Matt's favorite um, scripture, I said to you, joy is not a one-time event. In 2020, When we were in lockdown, I got to spend a lot of time with the Lord. I I just cherished that time. Um, I would spend sometimes four and six hours sitting in my prayer chair, um, just reading my word. And it was like, you know, he talked about a sponge. You know, that prophecy was 12 years ago. So I just want to encourage you if you've gotten prophecies and you don't see the fruition of those, it's not too late. Like I said, God doesn't care how long the journey takes. He just wants to be with us while we're going in it. He wants to make sure we're going in the right direction. And so take those prophecies out. They're encouraging when you look back to see where you are today. But hold on to those prophecies and pray those prophecies through and stand on those words. So in 2020, I got to spend a lot of time with the Lord, and I just soaked in his presence And I soaked in his word. And, you know, I've talked to uh, several people around here who have gone through different things. And I love, God is such an amazing and gracious God. He knows what's up ahead. He knows that there's a trial going to be coming in your life. And it's like he prepares us ahead of time. And I got to spend 2020 just basking in God's presence And he knew, because God knows everything, that in 2021, I would hit another trial. I didn't know I would hit a trial, but he knew that I would hit a trial. And I hit a trial that, um, maybe like some of you, fear during COVID came in. Um, And I wish I could say that because of what I went through in 2012 that I walked through that valley with, like, just, you know, I got to the end and said, wow, that was easy. It wasn't. (laughs) It went quicker. I will tell you, it went quicker because of the trials that I had gone through. And this is where the verse comes in. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. I love it, it's fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through what? Experience. Produces endurance. Leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Yes. Maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result. And do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. So, when this trial in 2021 came, when fear came on me, I was stronger. I had endurance. God had prepared me through that time with Him, I had scripture like I had never had before. It was always a struggle for me to memorize scripture, to have it. I did not have the memory that my husband had. But scripture would come. Songs would come. Sometimes songs, worship songs come a little bit easier to me, just the way I'm designed. Maybe you're designed that way. And I was able to get through that thing a lot quicker because of what I had gone through. And I was able to see it wasn't going to be like this forever. I could see the joy at the end. I knew it wasn't going to be. I Maybe I had that, that night of weeping, but I knew that at some point, the joy was going to come in the morning. There was going to be that breakthrough moment, and I remember when that moment came. I don't know if any of you, might, like. again, we've watched a lot of Disney movies with my kids growing up, and the, the next thing, I woke up that morning, and... The song from Tangled came into my mind. I actually had to like, you know, I'll be waking up. This I think I've shared this with you. Like before my mind clicks in because I'm a thinker, it's like that's when my spirit is most like I can I, I hear it the most. And so I'll wake up singing a song or a scripture on my heart and I know it's from a spirit. And I woke up with this song and it's as though the clouds have lifted. And literally I remember saying to Matt, like, is it brighter in here? Like, it looks brighter. The world looked different. I see so much clearer. There was this excitement and joy. So the trials may come. And maybe, you know, you may not feel joy for that day that you're going through it or that week that you're going through it. But joy does come. Joy does come. We have to continue to sit in His presence, and it only comes from him. It comes from His word. And I know that if God did it for me, he is not a respecter of persons, and He will do it for any person that is here. You know, and I was reading the scripture the other night, um, and I got to the part where it said, "You may be perfect and completely developed." I heard this voice like, well, I'm not perfect." So if that was you, don't raise your hand. God's not looking for perfection the way we look at perfection. And I think even in one of the songs that we sang today, God doesn't see our failures. When we position our heart towards him, even if we make a mistake, he sees the victory. He sees the motive in our heart. I had to get to a place in 2021 where I had to repent for allowing fear to come into my life because I had allowed it. When I repented, the Lord is gracious enough to show us. He's so gentle in how he's like showing us things. And I repented. And when I repented, remember what it says. It's like incinerated. God doesn't even see it anymore. I'm not going to stand on judgment day and see where I had fear. God's going to see. That I walked through it. God sees the victory. That's what's going to be on my check thing right there. He's going to see that my heart was always towards him. And even though I may have fallen into that that time period of fear, he sees the outcome. He sees the outcome. So I just want to encourage you. If you're going through a trial, God wants to walk with you through it. It's going to be looking different for everything. But have joy. Remember that it's not always going to be like this. It's not always going to be like this. Pastor Matt, if you want to come. Amen. Good work. Amen. Come on. Glory to God. What a great, great message.